With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Walkers, families, friends, and supporters will gather at Principal Park on October 5th for the Des Moines Walk to Defeat ALS. Join over 1,000 walkers in an exciting day filled with yard games, balloon twisters, inflatables, and more. We will also be joined by Curban Cuisine and the Outside Scoop. You won't want to miss this year's Walk to Defeat ALS on October 5th. Visit alsaiowa.org to learn how you can register for free. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. I'm Lauren Condon in the 11 o'clock hour. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Bama Bob, Trent, and I go around college football in no oh, 10, 12 minutes or thereabouts. Claxon's Barbecue this hour. Our picks before we get out of here as well. But right now, let's get back into the NFL. Nick Athen. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. He joins the program as we preview, well, opening day as far as uh, the home portion of the schedule at uh, Arrowhead as the Chiefs have been on the road the first couple of weeks. And here come the Baltimore Ravens, Nick Athen. Yep. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Doing fine. You know, a lot of people think this is going to be a really good football game, that the Chiefs are really going to have to show more than they have in the first couple of weeks. Nick, Baltimore's beaten Miami and Cincinnati. I, I think we've got to slow down a little bit. And look, I hope Lamar Jackson gets this whole NFL thing. I do, and I think he will. But let's not go yeah. crazy. They haven't beaten anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's been talk he's already been anointed the new MVP of the league. I mean, he's had, you know, a handful of starts last year. He played pretty well. He couldn't throw the ball with the darn last year other than the Chiefs game, but we all know why that happened. Um, and he's thrown the ball terrifically well this year, and he's run. They've got a good balance, and he's their primary running back, too. So, um, you know, eventually what's going to happen is what happens when every time a quarterback of this caliber comes into the league who, you know, has the wheels is they'll take an outside linebacker and they'll just basically shadow him, kind of like Derek Johnson used to always do. And, uh, you know, probably it's going to be Darren Lee. Uh, is just going to shadow him wherever he goes. If he stays in the pocket, he'll go after him. If he doesn't, he'll stay at the line of scrimmage. And that way they'll, they'll be able to at least slow him down, um, something the Cardinals did not do last week and the Dolphins were incapable of doing in week one. Um, so definitely, you know, listen, the Spags is uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the defense coordinator, uh, has done a terrific job. The defense has definitely improved. Uh, he's going to make the adjustments, but Jackson's going to be a terrific quarterback. But, you know, going into Arrowhead, uh, especially with the way they, they just changed the field and made it the municipal stadium look, um, I, I, just don't, <clears throat> I just don't see it. I think the Chiefs are, are really a strong favorite in this game, even though other people think differently. Nick down 10 nothing early against the Raiders last week. <laughs> Whoa, here we go. And then four yeah. touchdown passes in the second quarter. It's just ridiculous. How much fun is it as a fan? I've never seen this for a team that I cheer for. As a fan, taking off you know, what you do in your writing and everything else, just watching the team that you enjoy, it's got to be incredibly fun. 
You know, the best play of the whole game was the one that was nullified yeah. by, by a holding penalty, <laughs> the 74-yard bomb to Hartman. Off his back foot, sidearm, and just launches the ball into oblivion, and, you know, he catches it. So um, I think at day's end, um, as a fan, I mean, this is the greatest time I can remember. Maybe Montana, um, Boston time for me. I'm that old. Uh, but as far as pure life, Every time he, you know, is throwing a pass, you never know what's going to happen. And 50% of the time, you actually believe they're going to score a touchdown every time he throws the ball. So from a fan's perspective, this is by far the most fun uh, that I, I can remember in a really, really long time. Just to enjoy the game itself and not worry about all the other stuff and know that the best quarterback in the NFL probably for the next 10 years is going to be playing for my team. That's mm-hmm. uh for an old-timer like me, that's, that's a really cool feeling. And it's a scary thought for fans of other teams in that division in the AFC. And I agree with you, Nick. Yeah. This kid is so gifted. So poke a hole in this team. What's the weakest link in this team? Where can you exploit the Chiefs? Um, I think the run defense is better. Um, I'm not as concerned about that. I think the secondary is still an issue. Really, it's the safety position. Matthew's really kind of struggled. You know, Thornhill is new, so he gets a pass. Um, I think once those two guys get in sync, you know, I think that's going to short up. And obviously the Chiefs are obviously, you know, in the in the Ramsey sweepstakes and, and uh, you know, the Peterson sweepstakes and, you know, the Jenkins sweepstakes for cornerback. And they get Mo Claiborne back uh, uh, in two more games. Um, but that's their, I think that's their biggest weakness. I think the running game, um, you know, McCoy's going to have to take over. I, I like Williams uh, as an overall back coming out of the backfield, catching passes as a blocker. But ultimately speaking, they're going to have to learn how to run between the tackles. And with Eric Fisher out a few weeks, that's, that's going to be a problem. So uh, those, those would be my areas of concern. But there is plenty of time for the Chiefs to, A, you know, uh, have, a, have a couple of trades to help the team. They have $28 million in cap space as it sits today. Um, so they can pretty much do whatever they want. Uh, I think there will definitely be some roster additions. But for me, uh, it's the safety position, and it's definitely the running game. You know, you mentioned the injury to Fisher. He's expected to be out here a couple of weeks. Cam Irving came right. in, did okay, I thought. I thought he was at least adequate. Maybe not, certainly not as good in run blocking, though. They're going to give him help in some pass protection, I'm sure, against some speed rushers and, and those types of things. But run blocking, maybe right. not one of the strengths there for Irving? No, I mean, he's a, he, you know, you look at his game overall, he did a terrific job, I thought, um, outside of the first quarter where he had some mishaps. The whole offense was off. Um, you know, so so he gets a pass. But his run, his pass blocking is is outstanding. His run blocking is a lot to be desired. That means you know you're probably in, you're going to see more two tight end sets. They're going to have to give up a receiver. They're going to be tipping their hand when they're going to be running the ball. But um, I've never thought the Chiefs have been really good at running between the tackles. You know, they're going to have to do sweeps and they're going to have to do pulls and you know they're going to have to kind of do an old school running game. I, I just don't think they have the offensive line because they are so focused on protecting Patrick Mahomes that, you know, this is an area where they struggle is in the run game when they have to just play smash-mouth football. And uh, they don't. I don't think they have the five personnel up front to be able to do both really well. They don't have to be great at it. They just have to be better. Hmm. You know, I hate to fast-forward to the last uh, weekend in January, but it sure seems we're on a Go collision ahead. course, don't, doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it seem we're gonna like we're gonna see what we saw last year in the AFC Championship? Same two teams, and maybe the maybe the Chiefs finally, you know, stick that knife in the Patriots for good, if you will, and end that dynasty. And it has been a dynasty, and we may never see yep. anything like it again. But boy, it just seems like it's it's these two. I mean, who else in the AFC? Anybody? 
I mean, the Ravens are a great story. The Browns are going to be blessed this year. Um, the Chargers have just too many injuries. Yeah. The Steelers are done. Uh, I mean, uh, I, you know, I, the, the only surprise team I see coming down the road is the Buffalo Bills. I'm really impressed with the way they played the, the first two weeks of the year. Um, you know, I think that they're a team that's going to give New England uh, probably a little bit more fits than uh, than we thought going in. But, but they beat the know, Giants and the Jets. <laughs> yeah, but they, they looked good doing it. And that's a lot to be said okay. for Buffalo Bills team. Uh, I don't think that the, the, the Patriots are going to go 16-0. and Listen, they've got offensive line issues. They're about to, in my opinion, going to lose Antonio Brown to, to the commissioner's list. Um, I think that's inevitable at this point. Well, by the way, Belichick just walked out of his press conference when he was asked. He said, we've got some issues with Brown, or I'm paraphrasing, and stormed off the, off the podium. So, typical Belichick. Yeah, well, but um, typical so, but you, be, you could be right is where I'm going. Yeah, that means it's under his skin, and that means he doesn't want this distraction, mm-hmm. and that means they're probably going to do something. But, um, listen, as long as the referees don't tell players on opposing teams like they did last <laughs> right. weekend to be kind, you know, don't beat up the old man, which yeah. I find I, why the NFL is not investigating that is beyond me. But, um, listen, this is, these are the best two teams in the AFC. It's not even close, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Overall, coaching, playmakers, offense, defense. I mean, the Chiefs right now, I think are the number two cornerback tandem in the league behind the Patriots. Um, so that's a lot to be said for an improvement. Um, you know, if you compare the two teams on PFF, and I, you know me, I don't like those stats. I think those things are stupid. But in this case, it's worth pointing out because <laughs> they've been so bad at it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's the Chiefs and the Patriots, and whether it's going to be at home. So I, I think for this Chiefs team, to be honest with you, they learned so much in that game last year. They, they, they have been focused like I've not seen a team focused. They, I've said this before on the show. It reminds me of the 2015 Royals. They lost the World Series in Game 7. They came back the entire offseason. Every single game they played with a purpose and a passion. They, they crushed it in the postseason. They had that miraculous comeback in Houston, and they won the World Series. And I think this team has that same thing. If they can just keep the noise out, I mean, I think – so all this Ramsey talk to Kansas City has been a little bit of a distraction uh, to the organization. I don't think that's something that they really want, especially with the Ravens coming in this weekend. Um, so hopefully that thing gets worked out today uh, one way or the other. Ultimately, I think he's going to stay in Jacksonville, but that's just me. Um, but I, I think, listen, this is what the NFL wants. They want the passing of the torch. They want the changing of the guard. I think Adam Schefter put in something out really cool today. Of all the starting quarterbacks, about what 18 of them or 19 of them are ages 23 to 25. Mm-hmm. This is what the NFL wants. They want a new surgeon of young quarterbacks. Mahomes leading the charge, um, and you're going to see you're going to see this become the norm. The young quarterbacks are going about to take over the league. And it's about time. These dinosaurs have got to go. Well, the Broncos have Drew Locke, and the Locke era is coming, so be prepared. Yeah. When, when healthy, yeah. yeah. When, when healthy, he is their only choice. He I mean, he really is. Nick, we're out of time, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Appreciate good to talk to you. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. It's a two-team race in the AFC. That's I hope it. Baltimore proves me wrong. Got to slow. I, I agree with you pumping the brakes. On Buffalo? No, on on Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Who have they beat? Who have they beat? Who have they beat? How many teams can you find in the NFC? A whole lot more than two. There's two in the East to be to start with: Eagles and the Cowboys. Legit. Packers, Vikings, Bears. Not going Lions. I can't find anybody in the South. But maybe the Saints win if they could keep their if, head above water. 
Right. But in the West, the Rams, Rams the Seahawks, Seahawks, 49ers. 49ers, good point. Two Excellent point. Excellent point. Point being, there's about 10 of them yeah. in the NFC. There's two in the AFC. Bama Bob's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. KXNO uh, Saturday pregame tomorrow, 9 to 11. Roberts, the natural-born athlete. That commercial yes. cracks me up. Uh, and uh, Emery Songer, uh, 9 to 11 is the Cyclone Fanatic pregame show is on at 8. Sean Roberts, former QB1 for the Iowa Barnstormers for it about is, two months. Yeah, his coach went to Tucson. Will Sean yeah. follow him down there? Mm. I doubt it. Uh, Bama Bob is about to join the program. In fact, let's get right to him. Bama, Trenton, Ken, how are you? Doing great, guys. The weather's finally broken. We're down to the low 90s now. Nice. Uh, down here in Alabama, yeah. Well, wrap Old up warm. Wrap up warm tonight, Bama. Hey, uh, yeah. you know what? <laughs> After last week, not a large slate of marquee games. Boy, it ratchets up this week, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. This this is – we've had – I mean, the LSU-Texas game, you know, to me had a lot of juice yep. to it. And there's been a couple others, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, and really it starts tonight. Uh, it does. You know, really, really good game in the Pac-12 tonight. And you can just look at 11.30, 6.30, you know, 7. I mean, on, you know, basically starting at 11 tomorrow, mm-hmm. it, you know, park you right on the couch and, and okay. that's about it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, twist your arm, I know. <laughs> well, Batman, you mentioned it, so let's start there, fellas. Uh, it starts tonight. Trent and I started the show. We talked about this early in the program, Bama. What am I missing on this point spread? I think, and I believe you feel the same way, that Utah is the best team in the Pac-12 for what that means. We don't know yet. Southern Cal, USC, last week they get picked off at BYU. Utah pounded BYU. I get the comparison thing is tricky. But Utah's only a three-and-a-half point favorite. What am I missing? Is this really going to be a good football game tonight? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think the history of this, I, it's been a hundred, literally a hundred years, I think, since Utah won in the Coliseum. Um, you know, a Friday night game. It, USC didn't play that poorly against BYU. And, and I think one thing everybody has to do, I mean, you know this as well as anybody, as well as I do, you can't use the transitive property and, right. you know, hey, this team beat this team by this much and this team beat that team. So. You know, Trent, Trent reminded me the exact same thing in the first hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's week to week. Um, listen, you again, USC did not play that poorly when you stop to look at it. The quarterback threw three interceptions. So mm-hmm. if he can avoid those, we might have a football game. USC, just they are loaded at receiver. They have a ton of right. talent. Um, I heard one ridiculous comparison to the four guys at Alabama. The, the, the difference being, of course, mm-hmm. Alabama's receivers, generally produce and USC's haven't yet. Um, but talent wise, it's there, but I'm kind of with you. I love Utah. I mean, I mean, first of all, how good of a game is this for a Friday night? Um, and I think it's better that it's in the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. Um, they may have a little trouble with traffic and, you know, late arriving crowd or whatever, but Huntley and Moss are, I think they're legit. Moss is just this little thick, stocky Nick Mm -hmm. Chubb kind of running back. He's, what, 5'10", 220, something like that. Both those guys from Florida, and I think that's really a key that Kyle Whittingham has been able to build a program at Utah is 
you go look at their roster, and yeah, they got a lot of guys from California and a lot of you know from Samoa and things like that. But they got a lot of sprinkled in from Texas and Florida and key guys from those states that he's been able to get to come to Utah. And I think it's strictly because they moved into the Pac-12. So mm. I like Utah in this. I would lay the points to three and a half um, if if Solis doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, then I think it's got a chance to be a, a good game. If he does, I just think, I mean, I love Utah. And um, Whittingham had a little comment that they've played the fewest snaps of anybody so far uh, in, in the Pac-12. So basically he's saying there's a reason we run the ball and we don't run a hurry up, and he thinks it's preserving them and keeping them fresh, and that's what you're going to see tonight. You're not going to see you're not going to see air raid from uh, from Kyle Whittingham. What do you think, Trent? I think I like USC just because <laughs> really? it seems too easy. Or it does. It yes. seems too easy. It's the contrarian in me. Yeah, no, I get it. Bama came up with the points that you could make the argument with USC better than I certainly could. I think more than anything, that's what it is. It's contrarian, and 75% right now of the tickets are on Utah tonight. Mm-hmm. Give me the Trojans. All right, uh, Trent, we'll stay with you, and let's go to tomorrow, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Is Wisconsin for real? Is Michigan maybe not as good as we thought? This game's going to go, I think, a long way uh, to giving us a little clarity. How do you see it? I think we are completely overinflating what we've seen out of Wisconsin these first two weeks. Central Michigan, that program is mm. awful. They're terrible. South Florida's lost seven straight games after their 7-0 and start. I think we're going too far with the Badger love at this point. What have they really proven outside of beating two bad teams? Michigan, they got caught against Army. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma had the same thing happen to them a year ago in a game that went to overtime. I think this Michigan team is better than they looked in that game. I think Wisconsin's not nearly as good. This is going to be a game that comes down to the wire. Who's going to pull it out? Not so sure on this one, but I think we're going too far on both these teams of what we've seen the first two weeks. Bama, the Big Ten collision, how do you see it? Yeah, I love this game. This might be the best game of the day. This is this is going to – I don't know. You know, Wisconsin, I think, is favored by three and a half last I saw. I don't yeah. know what the total is, but take the under, whatever it is, because, I listen, neither one of these are really dynamic offenses. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get Jonathan Taylor. You're going you're gonna to try to get – you know, if, if Wisconsin ran the option, I mean, look out. But they don't. They try to run it between the tackles, and – I don't think either quarterback is very dynamic. They both had bye weeks coming into this. I think that's going to help. You know, I'm kind of with Trent a little bit. You know, throw. I thought, I thought Michigan would would certainly play better than they did against Army, and they were lucky to win that game. But having said that, that triple option is just so difficult to prepare for. I don't care how much talent you have and who you're playing. It is if they execute, it is difficult and. So Michigan throws all that aside, and now they get back to the kind of game that they want to play, which is just smash mouth between the tackles, ground and pound, whatever you want to call it, ugly in the trenches, that sort of thing. This is going to be classic Big Ten game. I'm, I'm with Trent. Wisconsin's played nobody. That said, they've blown out nobody twice. That defense, I think, is pretty good. They're going to get scored on tomorrow, so how do they react to that? I think this is really a – this is a must – to me, must win for Michigan. I mean, their crossover games uh, from the West, being at Wisconsin and home to Iowa, is about as tough as you get. They still have Notre Dame. They're at Penn State. They got Michigan State and Ohio State at home. They have to get this one, I think, because they're going to drop one of those, mm-hmm. you know, one of those five I just rattled off. So th- if they get this one, 
uh, in Madison tomorrow, which I think they will. I'm going to pick them. I don't like to pick. I want to take Wisconsin. Um, I would I would take Michigan in the points for sure, uh, being a three and a half. But I just I'm taking Michigan. Not confident about it. But I think they throw that Army game out two weeks to prepare. They got to figure something out. Yeah, total opened at fifty-one. It's been bet down to forty-four and a half. So that's a significant move. Uh, let's do yeah. this one real quick, Bama. Give me a uh, give me thirty seconds on Auburn and A and M. Good football game. Chance to be good. I think it's going to be close. I don't know how good it's going to be. Um, you know, Bo Nix still feeling his way. This is the first true road test. I know they opened with Oregon, and that was a neutral site game. This is going to be a totally different challenge. They do get Seth Williams back. He's their dynamic receiver. But this is his first game back, so how good is he really going to be? He is a difference maker. How much can he make in this game? Listen, again, going to come down to the quarterbacks in this game. Um, true freshman Bo Nix making his first SEC road start. Kellen Mond, who I liked coming yeah, into the season and who had he had a chance to make that Clemson game in Clemson closer than what it turned out. He missed a few open throws. If he can get his nerves down, which he should play better at home, I kind of like A&M in this one a little bit. Uh, you know, Auburn, again, much like Michigan, murderer's row, you know, at A&M, at Florida, at LSU, Georgia at home, Alabama at home. I mean, this is, is just brutal. Um, sort of a must game for them if they have any hope of winning the West. I just don't think – I'm taking the experience at quarterback because I think everything else across the board is even, so I'm going to take A&M at home. Any opinion, Trent? Like A&M in this spot, like Kellen Mond a lot more than Knicks, and as Bama said, comes down to the quarterback, I'll take that even having to lay four. All right, stay, let's go to the Big 12, Trent. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, surprised at the number. Oklahoma State, has got some offense, not mm-hmm. much defense. Yeah. Help us out. Love Spencer Sanders. Yeah, now, he's good, isn't he? This is going to be a step up in competition big time. Mm-hmm. Last year, Gundy, he got a lot of grief for redshirting him a year ago, yep. but it was all set up for this. Allison didn't have an awful year. He wasn't. He was fine. Yeah. Chubbard, a great running back. Yeah. You mentioned that defense. Speaking of points, the over-under, the total in this game, 73.5 right really? now. Get ready for a shootout Saturday night on ABC. I think it's going to be fun, and Oklahoma State's pulled these off against Texas in the past. If I was making a play, I'm taking a look at the money line here. I could see mm. Okie State pulling this one out, or Texas run away. That's kind of both sides that I'm looking at here. Interesting. Uh, so 73 points is the total in that one. The game in Evanston is 38.5, Michigan <laughs> State Northwestern. Uh, wow. Uh, Bama, how do you see that Big 12 clash? Yeah, this is, I think, has got a chance to be really fun, as Trent mentioned. Um, you know, I'd probably go with the over on that one. Who has Oklahoma State played? Oregon State, McNeese, Tulsa. Mm. You know, Texas has been challenged. They scored a lot of points, gave up a lot of points against LSU. Even though LSU's offense, as we talked about, much yeah. improved. Oklahoma State's won four straight in the series and five straight in Austin. I mean, that to me what? says a lot. They're they're not going to be a threat. That's what I read off the ESPN. Yeah, I, I'm, so not, I'm not saying running. you're wrong. It just surprised me. Yeah, I am too. I couldn't believe it when I read that. Um, Texas's defense, not sold on it. I would, I'm would. i definitely taking OSU in the points. And I'm, I'm with Trent. I mean, if you get a good money line here, I, I take the Cowboys. I know they haven't been challenged. I, I do. But having said that, again, if, if I read correctly, four they did. Series, you're right. I just off. I just looked. You're 100 percent right. I mean, that you know what that tells me that Gundy and that team's not afraid to go into Austin and play, mm. and that is they're not going to be intimidated. 
And I think that goes a long way. So, again, definitely would take the points. I'm with Trent. Either Oklahoma State wins the game or Texas kind of runs away with it. I don't think they're going to run away with it because their defense is too leaky. Give me the over and give me the Cowboys. Mm, all right. Plus 190, that money line currently at is William Hill, really? Iowa. Ah, Trent's <laughs> yeah, taking a little go. taste. Uh, Notre Dame, Georgia, Bama. Can't wait for this one. Yeah, this is one. I don't know how good the game is going to be. Um, both teams put up a lot of points last week against uh, was it Arkansas State and New Mexico. To me, it was all about Georgia's running game. Uh, Notre Dame giving up over 200 yards on the ground. Uh, in each of the last three games, not a good, uh, you know, just not a good number. And Georgia will run the ball um, with DeAndre Swift, and they can throw it, we know, with Fromm. So, I mean, but look, we, we talked about it. I was a couple, I guess, earlier last week. Uh, you know, give me your one game you got to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how good and competitive this game is going to be, and I, I don't know how to express it other than, you know, you get a lot of big games in the SEC. You know, we we see it all the time. You know, Georgia, of course, plays their biggest rival at a neutral site, which I hate. But, guys, I'm just telling you something. When you're an SEC team and you look across and you see Notre Dame on the other sideline in your stadium, yeah. it is it just means something different because it doesn't happen very often. And I just think Georgia, Georgia has a history, uh, at least under Mark Rick, of getting too jacked up for these kind of games. Remember the Alabama blackout that they did, and Alabama came in and you know smashed them a few years ago, and they've done that before. But I just think Kirby Smart's a little smarter than that. Um, I like Georgia. I don't know if I like the 14 and the hook. That worries me a little bit. Um, this game was close last year. Uh, Georgia pulled it out in South Bend, but it's just going to be an electric environment tomorrow night. And again, I can't overstate when you're a Southeastern conference team and you see a team like Notre Dame or USC or Ohio state in your stadium, it just adds to the electricity. And this is a game that these Georgia fans have been looking forward to. I guarantee you since it was announced, whatever it was three, four years ago. Hmm. Well, as we said on Mondays, it was the most expensive ticket during the, uh, during the summer months as yeah. people were planning to travel. Trent, give us a minute on that one. Notre Dame, I'm intrigued by this team still after the run that they had a year ago. I don't know. It's such a weird environment going, not just a road game, but playing in the South and that component to it. There's going to be plenty of Irish fans that'll be in there, Georgia. I mean, for most everybody, their only time to see Notre Dame in their stadium. Mm-hmm. The environment's going to be good, but I just maybe feel like the environment's going to be better than the game. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be Georgia throughout up a couple of scores. You know, they're up between 10 and 14 and just kind of goes. I don't think the good's good. The game's going to be that good. It's going to be everything else that'll be good around it. All right, we've got like a minute left, and so let's get sneaky good game of the week, our final segment in this segment every month. I love this segment. Give me your sneaky good game. Trent Condon, do you have one? I don't know if it's sneaky good. Oregon-Stanford. We've seen these two teams be better than probably they are right now, but there's just something about this game. Weird things have happened in the past. Weird circumstances. What was the big lead last year that they they lost in that? David Shaw's an underdog at home. On and on and on. There's just there's something about this one that it might turn out to be one that you're watching the fourth quarter because there's goofiness happening all over the place. Sneaky good game, Bama. I'm going to Provo, Utah, Washington at BYU, 230 ABC. Won't be watching it because I'll be flipped over on CBS. 
I'll be going between these two. Listen, how about USC and Washington back-to-back home games uh, in yeah. Provo? Not a bad no. you know, return for your mm-hmm. season ticket value. So I, I'm going to go with that game. There was a couple other ones I was looking at. You know, Cal Ole Miss, to me, is intriguing down here. Kind of a Pac-12 team coming down to the south. You don't see that very often. But I'm going to go with the Huskies and the Cougars, 230 ABC. Uh, I was going to go Illinois-Nebraska just because I'm going to spend a significant amount of my Saturday night watching that one because they're both coming up on the Hawks' schedule at some point. But, Bama, you and I would have talked about this game probably every year until the last couple of years. I used to love Tennessee and Florida. We would talk about it yeah. every year because it meant something. It doesn't anymore because of the stinking Tennessee. I want this game to yeah. be good again. I do. Um, I don't think it will be tomorrow. but uh, It won't be. Spurrier, Spurrier and Fulmer was as good as it got. Yeah, wasn't that great? About a, almost a decade. Yeah, I mean, just the quips that Spurrier had. and You could tell Fulmer hated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a hard time beating him, too, uh, even with Peyton Manning. I mean, it was just, you know, Florida won a lot of those games and um, just – angst and anguish and everything else but i'm with you man i this is one this is a rival that that kind of set the tone in the sec for a number of years and it's just been lost because tennessee cannot find their way um you know i don't know what in the last 10 12 years in a while they had one good year under kiffin and not much since and two or three years prior to him but when they got rid of fulmer it's just it's been so sad you know if you're a you're a fan of the SEC, you're right. You need Tennessee to be good again. Indeed. Bama, we are out of time. In fact, we went overtime. We'll talk to you on Monday. We'll recap the weekend. Thanks, Bama Bob. Always enjoy it, guys. Take care. As do we. Bama Bob on college football. 284-5966. First four callers will give you a chance to opine. You will throw some point spreads your way. If you get the most right, we'll give you $35 worth of Claxton's Barbecue. The runner-up gets 25 Remember those Florida-Tennessee games? Oh, so God, good. good. That's how I really started to become such yeah. a Spurrier fan in those quips and can't spell citrus without U-T. <laughs> That's right. So many good ones. Oh, there really were. I, I hope The Tennessee. colors worked well. Yes. They popped. Yeah. Back before HD television. Oh, so good. Are we sounding old? We are. Well, two eight four five nine six six. If we've got our first four callers. If you're getting a ring, you're in. Unless we have to DQ somebody, we've got our contestants. So it doesn't hurt to keep trying. We'll be back and give away Claxon's Barbecue. Trent and my pick still to come. Miller and Condon till noon on 1460. More details. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon. Final segment of the week. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Sound off is on tomorrow on WHO, even though the Hawks are off. Noon to 2 for sound off. KXNO Saturday morning pregame show goes 9 to 11 tomorrow. It follows the Cyclone Fanatic pregame show, which is on when the Cyclones are at home, uh, three hours prior to kickoff, which is why the boys have to back up an hour. Follow me? I think I got it. Just keep your radio locked in. You'll be good to go. Indeed. Good idea. Let's give away some Claxon's Barbecue. Claxon's 3131 8th Street uh, Southwest in Altoona, in business in Altoona for over 20 years. Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona. We're going to give you four games, Dustin, Jim, Doug, and Kirk. You give us the right answers, you'll be eating BBQ. Dustin is up first. Dustin, welcome to the program. How are you, Dustin? Great, guys. How are you? Doing fine. Iowa State is an 18.5-point favorite over the Warhawks tomorrow. 
I will take Iowa State to cover. Okay. Wisconsin gives three and a half to Michigan. Oh, I go Michigan. Texas is a five and a half point favorite over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. To the NFL, the Packers, a seven and a half point favorite over the Broncos. Packers. Here's the tiebreaker, Dustin. Closest without going over. Pat Mahomes' total passing yards uh, on Sunday against Baltimore. Closest without going over. Mahomes' passing yards. 322. Dustin, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. Appreciate it. Uh, Jim is up next. Jim, how are you? Good. How's it going, guys? Good, Jim. Uh, Iowa State's an 18.5-point favorite over ULM. Uh, I'll take Iowa State. Wisconsin, three and a half over Michigan. Wisconsin. Texas, five and a half over Okie State. Texas. Packers give seven and a half to the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos. Mahomes passing yard Sunday against Baltimore closest without going over. 285. 285. Jim, thanks. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Doug is with Miller and Condon. Hey, Doug, how was your week? Good, good. How how are you guys doing? Doing fine. Iowa State, <laughs> eighteen and a half over uh, Louisiana Monroe. Oh, geez, that's a lot of points. Um, I'll go with Iowa State. <laughs> a lot of points, but you're giving them anyways. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, three and a half over Michigan. We'll go with Wisconsin. Texas, five and a half at Oklahoma. Uh, visiting? Uh, no, they're not. They're hosting Oklahoma State. Texas, uh, five and a half over Okie State. We'll go with Texas. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite over Denver. Sorry, uh, yeah, okay. man, but I got to go with Green Bay. I don't blame you. It's the right move. Uh, Mahomes total passing yards on Sunday closest without going over. Doug, I'm gonna go a little low, so I don't go uh, two fifty. Two fifty. Doug, have a good weekend. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, Kirk is the uh, final contestant here. Uh, barbecue from Claxons is given away. Hello, Kirk. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Iowa State, an 18.5-point favorite over uh, Louisiana Monroe. I'm going to go Louisiana Monroe. Okay, uh, taking the points there. Uh, Wisconsin is a 3.5-point favorite over Michigan. Uh, the Wolverines are going to win it outright. Okay, I think you, yeah, you're on to something there. Uh, Texas, 5.5 over Okie State. I'll take the Horns. Okay, Green Bay, 7.5 over Denver. Uh, Packers. And tiebreaker, Mahomes passing yards versus Baltimore this Sunday. Going to have a big day, 325. 325, Kirk, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it, and appreciate Claxons for making this possible uh, each and every Friday about this time. Any of those games show up on your slate of games? Uh, yes, yes, I will be involved. I have an opinion that they're on my betting card, though not of our five picks. Uh, the first three games are all be on there. Uh, really? Yes. And by the time we get to Sunday, I have a feeling Packers and Broncos might be on there. Can I have a problem? I like well, that's a good problem, though. Yeah, yeah. And you don't, you don't go overboard. Yeah. You've got five, ten bucks a game. Right. Have fun with it. Absolutely. And if you can keep it to that level and... Um, Some people can't. get crazy. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, I'm anxious to see the numbers in September when they get posted. Yes. I mean, we had two weeks. Not every casino was involved. The mobile, uh, the mobile component was not uh, live... Uh, in those two weeks, for the most part, so the numbers are going to go up. I think September is going to really be an interesting tell once uh, the Iowa Racing Gaming Commission puts those numbers out. So you're hitting at 60% on the year, which would be over the course of a full season yeah, incredible. Good. Start at 4 and 1, yep. and 3 and 2, mm-hmm. 
Now two and three. Uh oh. Now the good news is the T box is still yours. I started four and one and gone back to back two and three. Picks, are you ready to fire? I am. Where are you going college first? I should ask. No, I'm going to NFL first. Oh, okay. We'll, uh, we'll change this up. Da, da, da. I mean, I can. There we go. All right, let's get into it for another week. Coming off a first losing week of the season. There'll be more. Perhaps this one. Two and three last week. Into the NFL we go. I wasn't... Um, I, I don't like my NFL picks. But for what that's worth, the Chiefs have been an annuity. I think Baltimore is a really good story. I'm not buying it. Miami? Cincinnati? Please. Chiefs, uh, they beat Jacksonville, but Gardner Minshew didn't play horrible in that game. Oakland last week. They're at home for the first time this year. The line is six. Hmm. Yeah, I'll lay the six with confidence. Chiefs minus six over Baltimore. Then to the north of us, the Oakland Raiders pay a visit to the Minnesota Vikings. Nine points. The line has gone up. When everybody's going one way, the fact that the, the bookmakers are having trouble getting a bet on Oakland. Vikings are a good football team. Oakland's not really that good of a football team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backdoor cover this one. Late touchdown, late field goal gives Oakland. Well, they don't win the game, but they'll cover the nine. I'll take the Raiders. Tepidly pick number two. Pick number two. That's how much trouble I had in the NFL. Conversely, in the college game we go. Uh, let's start. I've got a couple of Pac-12 tilts, at least teams involving Pac-12 teams. Washington and BYU. BYU, they beat USC last week somehow. USC did not play well in the football game. Be- give BYU credit. Uh, I don't think that their luck is going to continue. Washington's a good team. They got a quarterback and a darn good quarterback. They're on the road. It's less than a touchdown. I'm going to lay the six and a half. Take the Huskies over BYU pick number one. Uh, On we go to Saturday night. It's the Big 12. Oklahoma State has got some offensive firepower, no doubt about it. I didn't realize, and Bama threw this stat out there, Oklahoma State's beaten Texas the last four years in a row. I had no idea. That streak comes to an end. In fact, it comes to a crashing halt. I think the Longhorns are the superior team in here. And again, I don't even have to give up a full touchdown. I'll take Texas, lay the six over Oklahoma State. My best bet of the week. Been talking about it all day, Trent. You know where I'm going. I don't get the line tonight. It's at the Coliseum. USC is a a three-and-a-half-point home dog. Utah, for my money, is the best team in the Pac-12. What am I missing? This is a bad line. Utah, big over USC. My best bet of the week. Let's get it out of the way. Utah over USC. Texas beats Oklahoma State. Washington covers the six and a half in the pro game. Give me the points in Oakland. And the Chiefs giving up six against Bolt. All right. Well, I love it when you start off the weekend 0-1 before we even get to Saturday. I'm on the Trojans. I did last week, too. Yes, you did. I am not going to be playing that game for our contest here. I'm going to switch it up, though. After a great start at 4-1, back-to-back 2-3s, I'm going to give you my best bet of the weekend right out of the gate here. It's in the college game. It's a team I backed last week, and they looked awful. The Orange of Syracuse, who had played well historically against Clemson, couldn't do anything. Now they take on Western Michigan. You say, well, Western Michigan. Well, they were pretty good. Phil Fleck, he had that program rolling. They're terrible. They gave up 620 yards of total offense to Michigan State. 
We've seen Michigan State. They can't move the football. They gave up 620 to them. Speaking less than a touchdown, four and a half is the number here. All day long. Grab Syracuse, bounce back factor. Western Michigan, terrible. MAC team against the ACC, historically terrible against the spread. Every metric says, jump on this one, do it with me. My best bet, pick number one, Syracuse minus the four and a hook against Western Michigan. Number two in the college game. Let's go to the big one in the Big Ten right away Saturday morning. Been talking about this a lot this week, and it continues. I think Michigan, the wrong side, is favored here. This summer, they were nearly a touchdown favorite in Camp Randall. Really? Now you're getting three and a half. This has flipped the other direction. We are overreacting to a game against a triple option team in Army. And who have the Badgers played? Grab three and a half. That three and a half is so, so juicy. Love the Wolverines. And maybe a little taste on that money line, too. Finally, this game I brought up when we were talking with Bam and our sneaky good game. Oregon at Stanford. Here's a number for you. I think you'll like this one, Ken. David Shaw, as the head coach at Stanford, has been an underdog five times at home. All five of those games, they not only covered, they won the game outright. Speaking of looking ahead lines, Stanford was favored in this game throughout the summer. Now you're getting 10.5 points. This is an overreaction. Brad Stanford, as bad as they've looked, 10.5 at home against the Ducks for pick number three. We finish up with a little NFL, and let's go to a team that, speaking of annuities, has been my hot team all throughout the season. The Colts! Riding the wave, 2-0 against the number. I'm going to jump aboard with them again, though they're 1-1 record overall. Love them in this spot as they have Atlanta coming in. Atlanta played the night game, escaped a victory against Philadelphia. Some might say a fake win in that one. Really like this spot for the Colts. I like this Colts team. I think they're pretty solid overall, of course, without Andrew Luck. And you're laying one and a half here. Really like that one at home with the Colts. My final pick of the week, NFL. Saints at the Seahawks. Something's fishy. I like that the Saints stayed on the West Coast after playing the Rams. Really like the way that that sets up for them going forward. I'm all about this one. Grab the Saints. Grab those four and a half. Bridgewater will play better. They'll have a package together for Hill. And you give Sean Peaton a week where he's just with his team. There is no other distractions. They're just hanging out in Seattle all week long. Really like the Saints in this spot. Saints plus four and a half. Colts minus one and a half. Stanford plus ten and a half. Michigan plus three and a half, and Syracuse, my best bet, minus five picks for another week. All right, we are quickly running out of time. You have Waukee Valley tonight. Should be a great game. Really, really looking forward to that one. Real rivalry there. They don't like each other a whole lot either. No, so you'll hear that game. The replay of that one comes your way at 10.30. The crew is on the air at 6. Get into the games at 6.30. Uh, and uh, Joe Stacy and company underway tonight, full-blown at 7. All right, Murph and Andy at 2, Fanatics at 4, Saturday morning pregame show again, backed up an hour, 9 to 11. Then on Monday, we'll roll around and do it all again. Morning Rush gets it started at 6. Thanks for being with us all week long. We're Miller and Condon. Appreciate you being here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX.